We thank you for the access that you've given us to your very presence. Lord, it doesn't cost us anything. The veil's been torn. The most holy place is is free for us to inhabit. But Lord, you paid a very great price for us to come to you with freedom and confidence. And we thank you for that, Lord. And thank you that upon coming to you, that we experience your fullness of joy and your many, many pleasures. Would you satisfy our longing souls this morning and fill our hungry souls with the good things that you have in store for those that you love. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together one more time? Thank you, team. Well, it should be no surprise to you by now that this is our weekend of worship. And I, as worship pastor, am very, very excited for this weekend. We've been preparing for for several weeks for what we feel like is going to be a special time of refreshing in his presence today. And you may be here joining us online even especially if you're newer and you you might be asking, okay, well, I think this is great that we're doing it, but why do we do a weekend of worship? Why set aside an entire weekend with this as a focus? Especially when, as part of our weekly gatherings, we regularly have a time of corporate worship. Well, let me speak to that for a few moments I'm hoping, my heart, my, uh, my hope is that this weekend would serve for us, among other things, as a powerful reminder of who we are and what God has called us to do. And what I mean by that is last year, our lead pastor, Pastor Allen, he walked us through our unique DNA as a spiritual body, the ACAC DNA. And one of the facets that he highlighted directly correlates to a weekend like this. And it's as follows. We pursue God's presence and proclaim his truth. Can you say that with me? We pursue God's presence and we proclaim his truth. That is who we are. That is what God has called us to do. Our marching orders, if you will. But you and I both know what it is to live life, and over the course of all the things that encompass our our lives, our busy lives, oftentimes, we can forget who we are, and we can forget what we're supposed to be doing. But I'm hoping, again, that this weekend will cement this in our hearts in a way that we will not forget either of those. Amen? And as Pastor Allen highlighted this aspect of our DNA, he drew our attention to a passage of scripture found in John chapter 4. And we're going to revisit that today. Starting at verse 21, it reads, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. 
But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Pursue his presence, proclaim his truth. Those of you who are familiar with this passage, you know that we have the words that we just read all because of an interaction over water. What do I mean by that? Even though John does not give us this woman's name, we all affectionately know her as the woman at the That's exactly right. The woman at the well. Jesus has an appointment with her on his calendar. He travels to Samaria, and he encounters her at Jacob's well and broaches an interaction with her with a question. Can I have something to drink? And as the conversation that starts on the topic of water ensues, very quickly, Jesus reveals to her that even though you came to this well for natural water, you need the spiritual drink that I only can give you. And he says the following in verse 13. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, Jesus knows how much we need water, which is why this is such a powerful object lesson. And this time of year is a time when water is very much on the forefront of our minds. Because when you have 80 and 90 degree weather, how many of you know a cold cup of water sounds really, 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 really good. Or maybe even a dip in that swimming pool. Maybe your neighbor's swimming pool because I don't have one. Uh, maybe, maybe some of y'all do. Or maybe you have some time and you can take a couple of hour drive up to Erie and go to the beach. Between wet pads and, and going to swimming pools and all the kind of summertime activities that we have, water is on the forefront of our minds this time of year. But in truth, water is a part of our lives at all times and a a significant part of our lives. As I was doing some digging, I discovered that about 71% of our entire planet is covered by water. 60% of our very bodies is comprised of water. And our need for water is so that if we were try to go three days without it, we would not make it. But this is the thing that took the cake for me. Did you know that the average Yinzer uses 3,000 gallons of water in a month? Do you know how high that water bill is? Of course you know, because you and I pay that high water bill. I have never in my life paid as much for water as when I moved here to Pittsburgh. But you know what? We all pay it. And you know why we pay it? Because we all need water. And Jesus knows this naturally so, but he also identifies this spiritually so in the conversation with this woman. And it's not exclusive to her. He knows that he alone has the water that we need, the water that results in eternal life. But he doesn't just want to satisfy our basic needs. That is, that is the basement. 
He wants to satisfy us in the deepest, most robust possible way. And for that reason, we see a certain cadence to this conversation. You see, he starts on the subject of salvation, verses 13 and 14, which we read. But then you fast forward in the conversation to verses 21 through 24, which opened our time together, and he's on the topic of worship. And that conversational cadence, brothers and sisters, is instructional for our lives because it is his will that we should go from salvation to being those who worship him in spirit and in truth. If I can say it this way, a life satisfied with salvation should overflow. Everybody say overflow into worship. A life satisfied with salvation should overflow into worship. You see, Jesus doesn't want us to just enter into the gates of the kingdom of God and stand there until he decides to come back again. No, he wants us to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with him and coming to receive his drink. You know, he describes the water that he gives to this woman as a spring welling up to eternal life. That term welling up literally means leaping. Jesus does not want us to have simply a trickle. He does not want us to have a slow leak, but he wants us to experience the vibrancy on a daily basis of the drink that he gives. And for clarity, the drink that Jesus gives is the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul has great language for this when he writes in 1 Corinthians For we were all baptized by one body, sorry, baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. What he's describing is what happens to each of us when we place our faith in Jesus. We, by the Holy Spirit, become a part of Christ's spiritual body, which is comprised of Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, black, white, young, old, rich, poor. He'll baptize anybody. Amen. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. I want to show you, though, that what he's describing in one foul swoop is actually two things. And I, I find no better way to do that than the words of the founder of the Christian and Missionary Alliance himself, A.B. Simpson. He writes, it is one thing to be baptized into the one body by the Spirit. It is another thing to drink into that one Spirit. The first is an act. The second is a habit. The first brings us into a relationship. The second is the true use of that relationship. The drinking of his fullness until we become filled. And the habit of abiding in his fullness so that we are always filled. So you might be here like me, and you're like, man, that sounds great. Sign me up. But I have a question. What keeps us from drinking? What keeps us from forming this habit? Well, I have some friends that are going to illustrate a few of the ways. Give them your attention. Mmm, 
this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had. You are right. <laughs> I am going to post about this right now. Oh, good, good. I knew you would love it. <laughs> oh, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Overflow Cafe, home of the bottomless cup. I can guarantee once you've had my coffee, you won't want anything else. Oh, and even better yet, it's free. <laughs> I'll be back every day. This is the best cup of coffee. I just posted about it, and you are going to have a line out the door. It is so good. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, can't wait to share my coffee with everyone. <laughs> so, wait. Is your coffee really free? Yep. It's on me. I've got you covered. <laughs> and we're open 24-7, so you can get your coffee anytime. Can I grab you a cup? Okay, but I don't want just a plain old cup of coffee. Oh, well, well my coffee is uh, pretty perfect as is. Yeah, uh, but I know what I like, and I'd rather have that. <laughs> I will have a large chicken espresso with oat milk, four pumps of vanilla, four pumps of cinnamon dolce syrup, three pumps of white mocha, and just a splash of espresso. Okay. Oh, can you make it half decaf? Uh, <laughs> so you want a large shaken espresso uh, with oat milk, four pumps of vanilla, four pumps of cinnamon dolce, three pumps of white mocha, and a splash of espresso. Half calf. <laughs> well, you actually don't need all that stuff. I have the perfect blend just for you. That's great. But I know what I want. Just forget it. Hello. Welcome to Overflow Cafe, home of the bottomless cup. How can I help you today? Uh, yeah, hi. I was wondering, are you guys on DoorDash? Uh, well, actually, uh... We don't offer those services, but if you come in, I can give you a wonderful cup of coffee for free. So I have to take the time and make the effort to come to you to get the coffee? Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's how it works. Uh, but it's free, and the coffee is totally worth it. Uh, not for me. You're asking too much. I'll pass. <sighs> Your choice. So tell me, why are we here again? I keep hearing they have great coffee. But I don't like coffee. I don't want anything to do with coffee. Well, I want coffee. And plus, everyone is talking about it, so I have to post a picture to show that we were here, too. Fine. Welcome, welcome to Overflow Cafe, home of the bottomless cup. Can I grab you two a cup of coffee? None for me, thanks. Well, it's free, and it's the best coffee you've ever had. Thanks, but coffee's just not for me. My friend, though, would like some. What? Oh, hi, I'd like a coffee. Great! <laughs> I've got the perfect blend just for you. Oh, wow, I cannot wait to try it. Everyone is talking about how great this coffee is. Oh! Well, here you go. And I poured an extra just for you. Thanks, but I, I'm really not interested. Hey, can I take a picture with you? I'll post it and I'll tag you and everything. Okay, smile! Oh, so cute. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Hi! Yeah, we're here. Did you see my post? 
It's super nice, and the coffee is supposed to be great. Yeah, we're leaving soon. Why? What? Taylor Swift is there right now. Oh my gosh, we're gonna get an Uber. We're coming. Wait, 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 wait. Don't forget your coffee. Do you know the most impressive part of that skit? He's actually got real coffee in those cups. I don't know how he didn't spill it. Let's give him another hand. So before the skit, I put two questions before us, and I'll revisit them. What keeps us, what keeps you from drinking? What keeps us, what keeps you from forming this habit? You see, just as eagerly as Elliot in the skit was trying to give away this free coffee, our Savior has a standing invitation for all who would come to him. And he says the following in John chapter 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The only qualifier that Jesus gives, if anyone thirsts, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses you know. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved, 30 years or 30 minutes. Anyone, if you thirst, come to him and drink. If I can say it this way, when our lives overflow into worship, we experience his overflow. When our lives overflow into worship, when we exhibit the same kind of thirst as David in Psalm 42, when he says, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. When our lives overflow into that kind of worship, we experience his overflow. Let me encourage you today. Let's not simply relegate what we just read as a promise of the past. Let's not even settle on it as simply our experience at salvation. No, he has a standing invitation. He may even have unfulfilled appointments with each of us to meet him at the well to receive a fresh drink. And maybe those appointments are not fulfilled because of some of the reasons that we kind of humorously portrayed in the skit. 
Maybe you're like Jack, and you have a really, really, really complicated drink order. And unless it looks, sounds, or smells a certain way, you don't want to come to drink. Let me encourage you. Push aside your preferences today because the drink that he has far outweighs them. Or maybe it's a matter of convenience, like the caller on the phone. The simple effort that it takes to come to him, maybe you don't quite deem worthwhile. Maybe doing something like lifting your hands or being vulnerable in an environment like this is is too much of an ask. Well, let me assure you, the drink that he has to give far outweighs any discomfort that we will ever experience. Or maybe you're here today, and just like our sister with the cell phone, you may be distracted. And what I found is distractions are not always bad things. Sometimes they're good things that take away from the main thing. I think of Martha with Jesus, the king of the universe, in her living room. And she was doing good things well enough, but when the dust settled, the master made it very clear. Martha, Mary, who was sitting at my feet, chose what is better. Maybe you're here today and you're really busy, maybe even busy for God. Let's not let busyness inundate us so much that we don't simply come. Or maybe you're here today and you're just disinterested. You're like, this overflow business is not for me. Could it be that the appointment that Jesus has with you is to rattle the cage of despondency around your heart so that you would open up and receive the drink that he freely wants to give you. You see, any of the reasons that we could come up with, and these are four of a list that is longer than we can highlight, none of the reasons that we can come up with are are really good ones. Not in comparison to what we would receive if we would simply come. It costs us nothing. The coffee is free. The drink is free. But it cost him everything. Here is a parting passage from Isaiah. Is anyone thirsty? Because it doesn't apply to everybody and it's not automatic. Come and drink, even if you have no money. Brothers and sisters, it's free. The question is, will you come? Will you come? Will you come? I'm going to invite you to close your eyes in this moment just as a practical way of removing the distractions of surroundings. And even me, let our focus turn to him in these moments. You may be feeling prompted in your heart what coming to him means for you specifically. Let me encourage you in that prompting. It may mean turning your your chair into an altar 
It may mean hitting your knees. It may mean lifting your hands. It may just mean having a private conversation with him. But the invitation stands. And he desires for us to come.